Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd. So, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, my dear beloved uh, brothers, we will um, have a type of uh, mulhaq connecting lesson uh, as it relates to uh, the mufattirat, those affairs that um, uh, breaks one's fast. And this known that is suitable due to the previous narrations that we've taken so far from that which is uh, uh, relates to uh, the hadith of Salama anhu, and the uh, one who eats while they're forgetting. So we're going to now go through point form some of the affairs that nullify one's fast. The first, Barakalafikum, is no doubt drinking and eating nullifies one's fast. And that's taken from the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa kulu wa shrabu hatta yatabayyana lakum al khayt al abiyad min al khayt al aswadi min al fajr thumma atimu al siyama ila al layl. And uh, that is that the messengers uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentioned in Surah Al Baqarah that you should eat or drink basically up until Fajr and then from Fajr you refrain from eating and drinking until Maghrib so that shows that drinking and eating breaks your fast and that which is an exception as we know is from the hadith of uh, Abu Hurairah that we studied I believe last week man nasiya wa huwa sa'imun fa akala aw sharib and fa akala wa sharib the hadith we studied previously that is an exception and that is that whoever forgets what that they are fasting and then they drink and eat then let them continue their fast the fast is still valid so therefore we can conclude and say if somebody eats intentionally and drinks intentionally it breaks their fast and that which the ulama have have uh, included in this is anything that takes the ruling of eating and drinking anything that takes the ruling of eating and drinking and an example of this is taking uh, nose drops some of the ulama have mentioned they say that that nose drop taking nose drops will indeed break one's fast because this it, it goes through the same avenue to the stomach and those of you who've taken nose drops before, you can you can imagine that once you take a nose drop and you do it a bit too much, then it would actually sometimes go down your throat because it has the same passage as eating and drinking. So due to the fact that it has the same passage way as eating and drinking, and then barakalafikum, it takes the same ruling. The Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said that you should um, when you take the water in your mouth and in your nose during wudu, do it efficiently. Do it efficiently, except if you are fasting. Except when you are fasting. Why? Because the nose, Barakallahu Feekum, and the mouth are passages to the stomach. We take it, we do it lightly when we're fasting because it has that passage to uh, the stomach. Which is why the ulama, they say that as sa'ut, it's called a sa'ut, which is uh, the nose drops, that it uh, takes the same ruling as eating and drinking. But as for eye drops, and um, 
eardrops, they do not have the same passageway to the stomach. And likewise, that which takes the ruling of eating and drinking is al-ibr al-maghriya, those are uh, uh, injections that barakallahu um, feekum that gives you some type of nutrition those injections that have some type of nutrition or those those uh, injections that give you some type of uh, uh, nourishment or and so forth this is also takes the ruling and hukum uh, of uh, eating and drinking the second uh, nullifier or that which nullifies and breaks one's fast is um, al-jima'ah and that is barakallahu uh, feekum um having uh, uh, sexual intercourse and this invalidates the fasting based upon the hadith last week that we studied uh, regarding uh, Salama who said to the messenger وسلم, halakt. he said oh messenger of Allah I'm destroyed Malak, he said what's, what's destroyed you he said I had relations with my wife while I was fasting and then the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is remembered from the previous hadith. He gave the three steps to exonerate himself. And that is firstly to uh, free a slave. If you can't, then fast two consecutive months. And if you can't, then feed 16, or sorry, then feed 60 uh, poor people. And we know the rest of the hadith from last week's lesson. So the emphasis that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam placed regarding this shows that it is indeed from a nullifier of uh, one's fast and it breaks one's fast <clears throat> and um, uh, this uh, ruling here is uh, important that we have we understand that if an individual has a nocturnal emission or a wet dream as we know colloquially um, it does not nullify their fast because it was done unintentionally just like Eating and drinking was done intentionally. It's out of your, the individual's taqa, uh, out of his kudra, ability. And they have, um, and we studied that hadith again. We studied that hadith last week. So therefore that which uh, nullifies the fasting is that uh, um, sexual intercourse. And likewise, the hukum, that which comes with its ruling, meaning that the individual uh, um, has some intimacy with... Uh, their spouse, and as a result, uh, ejaculation occurs, then this also nullifies the person's fast. But the ruling of that is different from the one who has sexual intercourse. The one who has sexual intercourse has to go through the steps that is mentioned by the Messenger, وسلم, the hadith of Salma. Of Salma now. But as for the one who, due to having intimacy, uh, it leads to that same result of uh, ejaculation, but not intercourse, then that fast is broken. They have to break, their fast is broken, and they just have to make it up just that day. Whereas the, the sexual intercourse, the individual uh, has to go through uh, freeing a slave, if not, then fasting two consecutive months, if not, then, freeing, uh, then feeding uh, 60 poor people. But the one who has some intimacy with their family and it, it causes uh, ejaculation, then no doubt this 
but they don't it's not as severe as a punishment or penalty as sexual intercourse but the fast has to be made up and for both situations they have to even continue abstaining from food on the day that this occurred they have to continue abstaining from eating and drinking and anything else as if they're fasting it's not considered a fasting day but they have to refrain from those things that are refrain that, that one refrains from fasting for the respect of the month for the respect of the month the individual has to continue so if an individual falls into jama'a sexual intercourse with a family or or barakalafikum uh, uh, its likes occurs they still have to continue abstaining from what is abstained from uh, food, drink and so forth on that day with the penalty on top. Number three, and that is a taqayyu amdan. And that is intentionally vomiting. Intentionally vomiting and causing yourself to vomit, meaning that, for example, you stick your finger in your throat and then you vomit or you feel a bit sick, you've got a bit of a stomachache, and then you try your hardest to vomit, and then you vomit, this breaks your fast. This breaks your fast. Based on the hadith of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is in the sunnah of Barakallahu uh, Abi Dawood, and likewise Tirmidhi, and Shaykh Nasr al-Bani, sahahahu, and it's authenticated by Shaykh al-Bani, and also it's in Sahih ibn Majah. And that's the hadith where the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, مَنْ دَرَعَهُ الْقَيْءِ فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ قَضَاءَ وَمَنْ اسْتَقَاءَ عَمْدًا فَلْيَقْضِي But he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if somebody unintentionally vomits, unintentionally vomits, then he doesn't have to make it up. Meaning that his fast is not broken. وَمَنْ اسْتَقَاءَ But the person who intentionally vomits and makes themselves vomit intentionally then they have to make it up then they have to make it up number four the fourth is al-hijama this is a as we know is cupping and ulama they differed as it relates to that which is uh that whether cupping uh, uh breaks one's fast or not and the majority of the ulama say it breaks the fast based upon the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this uh, hadith is in uh, uh, Sunnah Abi Dawood and in Sahih ibn Khuzaymah. And Shaykh al-Bani again authenticated this hadith. <clears throat> and that is that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, After al-hajimu wal-mahjub. And that is that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that the one doing the cupping and the one receiving the cupping both of them breaks their fast both of them breaks their fast and as we know cupping is where there's a, a large amount of blood that is taken dead or or blood that is um, uh, uh, old and is taken from uh, the body through the ala and the tools which are known. And this indeed uh, is, is uh, considered uh, a, a, an affair that breaks one's fast. And the ulama have mentioned that no doubt it's clear why the one who 
is having the cupping or receiving the cupping, his fast is broken. But why does the one who cups or the one, the doctor or the professional that is doing the cupping, why does his fast break? And the ulama have mentioned from them, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al Abad, Ta'ala, during his explanation of this hadith, he mentioned that because when the person is cupping, that blood would no doubt could enter his mouth. It can enter his mouth, and due to that fact, he is included in the prohibition or included in the fact that um, fasting, uh, his fast is also uh, uh, invalid. And this is uh, the statement of some of the ulama. And others have said that if it doesn't reach his mouth, then it, he, his fast isn't broken. But that which predominantly the ulama have stated is that the one who receives the um, uh, the cupping, his fast is uh, indeed invalid and is broken. And um, that which takes this hukum as well. As we mentioned regarding eating and drinking, that there are certain affairs that take the same ruling as eating and drinking, like nose drops and so forth. Um, for cupping, there are also certain affairs that take the ruling of cupping. And from those is giving blood donation. Giving blood donation takes the ruling of cupping because of the amount of blood that is taken. It is is similar to the blood that is taken when one is cupping. So when you're giving blood donations, the amount of blood is not a a, a, a small amount. It's usually a large amount, just as uh, cupping would be uh, is a large amount of blood taken from the body. So therefore, it breaks the fast as well. But as for having a blood test, Sheikh Sheikh bin Baz, rahimullah ta'ala, and others have stated that Taking blood test does not nullify one's fast. Taking a blood test does not nullify one's fast and it doesn't come under the ruling of cupping. Why doesn't it come under the ruling of cupping? And that is because um, it doesn't necessitate a lot of blood being taken away. It's a minimal amount of blood that's taken just for a blood test. But as for cupping, it's a lot of blood, and blood donation is also a lot of blood. And likewise, that which uh, is mentioned in this bab by uh, the ulama, uh, Barakallahu Fikum, is that the individual who has to take a test, that which is safer, because we take the position of that which is ahwab, that which is safer is for them to take the uh, blood test after Maghrib if possible. But if it's necessary, and it has to be done during the day uh, time of Ramadan, then it does not invalidate one's fast. But it is better to do it after Maghrib in the evening once your fast has been broken. Another affair that is mentioned under the chapter of uh, uh, Hijama, and I'm telling you, uh, Ibadallah, that the, all of these mentioned are in chapters with pages and pages and pages uh, from the ulama. I'm just summarizing them for my beloved. Um, that which comes under, the, under this uh, hijama, this cupping also, is the affair of having qal uh, al-dars, or uh, uh, when you're having extraction, dental extraction. Uh, it comes under this, and no doubt, when you have dental extraction, some blood will be omitted from the mouth, no doubt.
Okay, this does not affect your fast again, as mentioned by Sheikh Minbaz, Rahimullah uh, Taala. It does not come under the ruling of cupping because it's not a lot of blood. So this is where we know the defining uh, rule regards all these affairs is that if it's a lot of blood. Now, when you are having uh, a tooth operation or dental operation or extraction, it doesn't actually uh, necessitate a lot of blood. Some blood will come out. And it's almost like the same blood that is needed for a blood test. And it does not indeed nullify your fast. But again, Sheikh Mubaz, uh, Rahimullah Ta'ala, advised, uh, and likewise Ibn Uthaymeen, is that you should do the extraction, if possible, after Maghrib, just to be safe. That's number one. You should do the extraction after Maghrib. If it's possible for you to have your dental um, appointment after Maghrib, then do it then, and this is no doubt safer. That's number one regarding teeth extraction or dental operation. Number two is that whilst you're having the operation, you have to make sure that you do not allow any of the chemicals that are used um, to enter your throat. So we have to be aware. And anything that you find from taste that enters your mouth, you spit it out, which you usually do do, do in um, when you're having a teeth extraction or, or a dental operation or you're visiting the dentist. You spit it out and don't swallow. You know, because uh, if you did, then this would indeed uh, nullify the fast if it, if, if it is done intentionally, of course. But if you've tried not to swallow and then it does occur and it's out of your control again, this barakalafikum does not nullify your fast because it was not done intentionally. But you must proactively try and avoid uh, allowing any type of um, fluid, uh, external fluid, to enter your system. So you spit it out and inform your dentist. If he's a Muslim, he would understand. If the dentist is a non-Muslim, you inform the, the dentist, no doubt that you'd like to periodic, uh, uh, periodically uh, spit out whatever that he's or she is putting in, in your mouth regarding uh, fluid and so forth, so it doesn't enter your throat. Uh, another thing that the ulama have mentioned, again, under the chapter of uh, cupping, which is to do with blood, is ri'af. Uh, nosebleed does not nullify your fast. Having a nosebleed does not nullify your fast. It does not come under al-hijama, it does not come under the cupping for two reasons. It doesn't come under the cupping because it is not the same amount of blood usually that comes, that is taken or omitted from one's body as it relates to hijama. So it doesn't come under that ruling of hijama. So if you notice that just that little hadith, after al-hajim wal-mahjum, this narration that the, the one who, who uh, barakallahu fikum uh, cups or receives the cupping, that they break their fast. A lot of rulings is extrapolated from this three-word hadith on the Messenger, sallallahu Three-word hadith with a with wow with an atuf. That nose bleeding it does not nullify the fast for that reason that it's not actually cupping. I mean, it's the, usually the nosebleed is not that substantial. But if it is substantial, it is done un, is unintentional. Just like vomiting, barakalafikum, uh, is unintentional. Uh, it does not nullify or invalidate uh, the person's fast. That's number four. Number five, خروج الدم الحيد والنفاس. 
and that is the the postnatal bleeding and the menstruation of the woman. This um, barakalafikum uh, nullifies or invalidates her fast. And when a when a woman she sees the the menstruating uh, blood or uh, the postnatal bleeding, that she immediately breaks her fast. Her fast is broken. And that which is obligatory upon her is uh, to make up that uh, that fast. And that is taken from the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, which is in Sahih Bukhari, where the Messenger وسلم, said regarding a woman, Alaysa idha hadati lam tasalli wa lam tasum. He said, is it not that when you have your menstruation, you do not pray and you do not break, you do not fast, meaning that your fast is broken and your prayer is not accepted if you did pray during menstruation. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha has mentioned uh, in another narration, Umul Mu'mineen, that we have been commanded to make up our fast but not make up our prayer. We've been commanded to make up our fast and not make up our prayer. So the prayer, the woman does not pray in her menstruating period or postnatal period, and neither does she fast. The fast is invalid if she does, and the prayer is invalid if she does. But from the hadith of Aisha anha, that the Messenger وسلم, commanded them to make up the fast, so she has to make up that day or those days, usually five days uh, after Ramadan, as Aisha anha, she did. And they have not been commanded to make up the prayer. And the ulama have mentioned, and from them, Ibn Baz, Rahimullah, Shaykh al-Islam, that this shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Ibn Uthaymin as well, Rahimullah ta'ala, this shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because it's, it's easy to make up the five days of the, of the fasting, but imagine if the, the sister that is in her menses, or she post, uh, has postnatal bleeding, that they have to make up all of their salawat. That they have to make up all of their prayers. Allah has made it easy that they don't have to make up all their prayers during the period, the five prayers a day. And that's because the, five, the, the prayer is more frequent than fasting. The making up the five days is, is easy throughout the year. But if every month she had to make up her, her daily prayers, it's no doubt hefty and a burden upon the the sister so this shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in making it light upon them now and also that which branches from this affair is if she began the day fasting and then during the day the uh, she broke her fast or she uh, her menses came and so forth that day she has to make up that day she has to make up that day or she started the day in having her menses, and then during the day, she, barakallahu um, fikum, she, uh, she, her menses uh, stopped, her menstrual cycle ended. She still has to make up that day, as from the author of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud anhu, that you should, if you start the day fast, if you start the day how how you have ended, meaning that if you have barakallahu fikum. Uh, started the day in your menses then uh, you break in your fast then you cannot start fasting this obligatory fast during the day but rather it's the day you have to make up the sixth 
affair that nullifies the fast is a, an affair that is mentioned by Al-Alama Muhammad ibn Salih Uthameen Rahimullah. And that is that if there is a situation, for example, where the individual does not find water or does not find water or food to break their fast, I want my dear beloved brothers to answer the question and sisters to themselves, what does the individual do in a situation when they cannot find food or drink when it's time to break their fast? What do they do? They cannot find food, there's no dates, there's no food. And it's time to break the fast, what do we do? What do we do? I would like my brothers and sisters to ask themselves that question before uh, the answer is given. What do you do when you have no water, no drink, no dates, and you need to break your fast? Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, you have the niyyah. So you intend breaking your fast. Even if you don't have any water, and you don't have uh, any, barakallahu uh, feekum, food or any means to break your fast, he said, rahimahullah, that you do not spit on your hand as some may do, and then drink your spit. This is not the way to deal with this situation. You do not put spit in your hands and then take it back in. It does not break your fast because your, your saliva is in your mouth all day anyway. Your saliva is in your mouth all day anyway. It doesn't make a difference. That which makes a difference is your niya, meaning that you intend to break your fast. Just as you intended to start your fast, you intend. You have your niya, your intention in your heart to break your fast. Which is why the ulama have said that niyatul fitr from the affairs that breaks one's fast is having the intention to break one's fast. So whoever intends to break their fast in their, in their, in their, in their, have this near intention to break their fast before Maghrib his fast is nullified because his intention has gone. His intention for fasting has gone. So therefore, his fasting is nullified, even if he didn't eat anything, even if he didn't eat anything, because the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he says, biniyat, that verily actions are by intentions. For in for every individual is that which he which he intended, and if you intended to break your fast, then what you have is what you intended, and that is that your fast is broken, and. Uh, no doubt, we know that intentions is from the pillars of fasting. So therefore, the individual can break their fast via their intention. If you don't have any water and you don't have any means in breaking the fast, best ten we best, and you ten we iftar. You in you 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 having your intention to break your fast name. And the final one that the ulama have mentioned, and this is number seven. The last one is Ar-Riddah. And that is by one apostating or, or leaving the fold of Islam. This, no doubt, nullifies the fast. And this is the, the, the major one, no doubt. Taken from the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Ashrakta la yahbatanna amaluk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that in ashrakta la yahbatanna amaluk. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Zumar, and if you associated partners with Allah, your actions will be null and void. Your actions will be null and void. So this is a proof, barakallahu fikum, that if the person does shirk or uh, al-akbar or does an act that excommunicates them and, dis- and he disbelieves or she disbelieves وَيَعْذَ بِاللَّهِ إِنَ and his messenger or that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent and revealed then their fast is broken because they do not have the shart of al-islam they do not have the, the, the condition of, of al-islam and being uh, a muslim because they've excommunicated and left the deen of al-islam so these are the seven ways in which the fast can be broken I'm going to mention them one by one and then we'll uh, enlist form for those who like to take the notes, inshallah, and then we'll conclude today's lesson, inshallah. The first one is drinking, eating. I'm done. Intentionally drinking and eating. That's number one. The second, to, the second one is having sexual intercourse or that which is related to it that leads to ejaculation. Number three, and that is intentionally vomiting. Intentionally vomiting number four al-hijama and that is cupping according to the majority of the scholars because there's a lot of blood that comes out number five is barakallahu fikum menstruation and postnatal bleeding number six is having the intention of breaking one's fast and number seven is one who leaves the fold of al-Islam immediately their fast is broken and not accepted if you associate partners with Allah then your deeds are nullifying like scattered dust like scattered dust invalid not worth anything and that barakallahu fikum is a half an hour summary of something which should take weeks of um those affairs that break one's fast and I'll conclude now with uh, a slight benefit that is mentioned by Sheikh Abdul, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin in one of his, some of his lessons uh, as it relates to Siyam fasting Hafidhullah um, and that is that um, uh, I mentioned a couple of extra benefits actually the first is that Barakallahu um, Fikum uh, we can look at the mufatirat and those affairs that uh, nullify or invalidate the fast as anything that we've taken from our within ourselves or anything that we've omitted or anything that we have taken so generally anything that we omitted from us like blood or ejaculation or its likes is coming from taken out of the body excessively and so forth and anything and menstruation as well and uh, anything that has um, been taken into the body and into the stomach like food and like drink and so forth these are general nullifiers of one's fast and the detailed seven points can be categorized into one or two uh, one or these uh, 
um, categories. And this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you meet ana ala al-Islami wa sunnah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, make us die upon Islam and upon the sunnah. Hadha wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Hayakumullah.